This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Steelers and Browns, Monday night football at Heinz Field, elimination game. Loser out of the AFC North race, winner gets to live for one more week. Taking a look at this Cleveland Browns team, you know, they're kind of similar to the Pittsburgh Steelers, to be honest with you. I know both teams have kind of sputtered a bit down the past couple of games. Uh, The Browns have lost three of their last four games. The Steelers have lost three of their last four games. The difference, though... The Browns' point differential in those games is just minus eight. In fact, the last two games that the Browns have lost in a row have been by a combined four points. So where the Steelers are getting blown out and then making the scores look a little bit more respectable by coming back late in the games, the Browns have been close in all of these football games. Mm -hmm. They just haven't been able to get over that hump and win a couple of them. Uh, One-score games have plagued the Browns this year. They've gone the opposite way than what they would hope for. Uh, overall point differential, the Browns have a minus 15. Not the best, but it's I, I'd it's take not it over terrible. the Steelers. Steelers now sits at minus 70, which is the 10th worst point differential in the entire NFL. The Browns have only won two games on the road this year, and Pittsburgh has only lost two games at Heinz Field. So but something's got to give there. They've lost two and tied once. Tied once, that's right. Tied once to the Lions at Heinz Field. So home field advantage hasn't exactly been that big of an advantage for your Pittsburgh Steelers this year, but you hope it's the case against the Cleveland Browns come Monday night. And when I look at this Browns team, uh, offensively, I think is what they wanted their identity to be. I mean, you want Baker Mayfield to be that kind of a stud quarterback that you would take with the number one overall pick. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt have already proven that they're worthy and a deadly one-two punch, if not the best one-two punch at that position. And then, you know, you had guys like Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. I mean, you had a high-powered offense mm-hmm. that obviously we know what happened with the wide receiver room. Odell's gone now. Now it's guys like Jarvis Landry and Rashard Higgins uh, and Donovan's Peoples-Jones, who leads the team in receiving yards. They're just guys. They're not that great. Baker has been less than optimal as far as what you want from him, especially of the number one overall pick. And Chubb and Hunt have been hurt this year mm-hmm. a lot. So uh, Hunt especially. So that offensive identity that they came into the season thinking they'd have really hasn't translated. Meanwhile, flip over to the other side of the ball, their defense has been pretty damn good. They're 10th against the run. They're 8th against the pass. I think they give up the 7th most or the 7th fewest yards total per game. The only thing that's a little odd is their 21.9 points per game allowed on defense, which is 17th in the NFL. But they're a tough defense to move the ball on. And I gotta be honest with you, if that defense is wasn't isn't if that defense didn't become as improved as it did this year, I think the Browns would be a lot worse than seven and eight right now. I agree. I think without that defense playing at the level it's playing at right now, Tom, they have a very. I mean, you mentioned at the top of the segment these teams, these two teams, the Steelers and the Browns, are pretty much similar in a lot of different ways. But if they had as bad of a defense, or I guess as bad of a run defense specifically as the Steelers do, absolutely, this team would be far worse than seven, eight, and one. Far, or, worse. I'm se- sorry, seven, seven eight. eight. Far worse, man, because they just don't have that. They have an identity on offense, sure. but they don't have the complement to the identity. I-, I think having an identity is one thing, and it's ground and pound, run the football. That's what they want to do offensively. But you need the complement. 
And what they've had for a while now in years past, uh, not a while now, but in Baker's past couple of years is they've had the ability to hit you with the play-action pass deep down the field. He's been able to hit you with that home run ball. Last week in Green Bay, Baker Mayfield threw nine passes 10 yards or deeper downfield. He completed just two of those for 21 yards. There's no big chunk plays happening from the Browns anymore, and I think that's really hurting this offense because when you're grounding and pounding and dominating on the rushing attack, when you can supplement that with a big over-the-top kind of play, single coverage, play action in the passing game, that makes you a lot harder to play against, and that makes your offense a lot more dynamic. And Baker not being able to hit that consistently this year I think has been their biggest detriment uh, on the field. I think more so you could say the injuries to the running back spot and the injuries and COVID problems on the offensive line have really plagued what they want to do offensively. But that lack of a home run threat and that lack of the big play from Baker, which is really what his bread and butter was in college and his rookie year in the NFL, that has gone by the wayside, and that's what would make me the most nervous about if I was a Browns fan, thinking about do we pay this guy? Is he really our future at the position is? We really just need him to do one thing well, and that's hit a deep ball from time to time, and he's just not doing it. No, he's not doing it, and he's not when even when he does do it, it's about once in a blue moon, right? It's not that he can't do it effectively or he can't do it efficiently. It's just you're not going to see it out of him, right? It's it's totally evaporated from his uh, tool belt of of possible threats or possible attacks that he has that can damage you as a defense. I don't think that without that aspect of the game, Tom, especially when Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are great, the combination of them are great, but when your passing attack is that weak, it's it's not going to spell success for you. Whereas in Tennessee, Derrick Henry is obviously at another level than those two guys are even combined, but at least Tennessee has a decent enough quarterback in Tannehill and a great receiver option in A.J. Brown to kind of balance that offense enough so that it can beat you in more than just one way. Completely agree with that. You, you, you want to be not one-dimensional. You want to lean you towards one You can be one-dimensional. One but you can't be completely one-dimensional. You can't be 100% one-dimensional. This is all we do. Like, like It's okay to favor the run over the pass or the pass over the run, but don't make your... Don't make the the second fiddle uh, what seems like a fifth or sixth fiddle, essentially. Let me ask you this. If you were the Browns in this game, would you run the ball like Belichick did on Monday Night Football a few weeks back? I, uh, The way the Steelers are playing right now and the way Baker Mayfield is playing right now, yes. Like I know we're talking about how they need to have that extra aspect, that home run ball to their game, but maybe this is a week where you don't actually need that. Maybe you only need Baker to pass the ball three or four times in this game. I I would run the last time these two teams played. Do you remember all week leading up to it? We were like, wow, Chubb's going to run for 250 yards. Chubb's going to run all over this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And then the Browns came out and passed the ball like some absurd amount of time out of their first whatever plays. And that's all scripted. So that's what the Stefanski coaching staff wanted to do heading into that game was, oh, they think we're going to run. Mm -hmm. So we're going to pass the ball. And I love that when you have a really good quarterback, but However, you don't have a really you don't. good quarterback right now. So 
I would hope that they learn from those mistakes and on the road in a tough environment on a Monday night football game in front of the nation, I would hope that they would just go out and try to run the ball, run the ball, and run the ball some more. If I was a Browns fan, if I'm a Steelers fan, I hope they do the exact opposite and I hope they get a little cute and I hope Stefanski tries to, you know, be the genius and tries to outsmart everybody and says they think I'm going to run Well, I'm going to pass. If you're the Steelers, I stack the box all game long, and I dare you to pass the ball with Baker Mayfield because with Joe Hayden back and that secondary back to full strength, Mm -hmm. no receiver on this team scares me. I mean, you just went up against Tyreek Hill for 60 minutes. Going up against Landry Jones and Donovan's Peoples-Jones should feel like Landry Jones. Going up against Jarvis Landry and Jonathan Donovan Peoples-Jones. Is it tongue twister, Tom? Yikes. Those guys are going to feel like swinging a baseball bat without a donut on. I mean, it's going to be easy for Joe Hayden to stick with those guys. So nothing fears me as far as the passing game goes with the quarterback or the options he has in the receiving game. The only ones that maybe scare me a little bit are Njoku and Austin Hooper at the tight end spot. But if those two beat you, I'll live with those two beating me. They might get me on a couple plays, but I don't think you're going to win the game by throwing not, the ball 10 times to Njoku. Right, they're not good enough to really make a difference. It's not Kelsey. No. <laughs> we haven't really even talked about, Tom, how bad the score could have been rather than 36-10 in Kansas City if Travis Kelsey had played that game against the Steelers. But luckily we don't have to have that conversation. Uh, but, but yeah, you make a great point. Those guys, even combined, don't add up to the talent that Travis Kelsey brings to a certain team. And... So, I don't think that even if Joe Schobert and Devin Bush have their worst days, their worst career game against the Browns, it's going to be killer. Because I don't think that A, those guys are good enough, and B, I don't know if Baker Mayfield is good enough to take advantage of that. That's the thing. I don't think he is good enough to take advantage of it. Mayfield's played the Steelers six times in his career. He has never eclipsed 225 passing yards, and in fact... Last time these two teams played back on Halloween, he hit 225 on the nose exactly. So, Steelers do a pretty good job of limiting his air yardage against them. You in said games past. Sorry, you said six times, in, including the postseason. Not sure about that. Just I think that makes sense. Just because sheet here, because I mean they haven't played each other yet. This right. Year. So that this would make seven, and an odd number would have to mean that they've yeah. played three at one point. And so. I think he's won twice. Uh, there was that Thursday night game with the uh, Miles Garrett and he won that one. There was he the week Mason. Both week of those 17. wins are against Mason Rudolph. Good point. And then and the playoff the wins t- against Ben. Maybe this is six, not including the playoffs, because I think the first that his rookie season, the tie in Cleveland, he wasn't starting yet. Do you remember that? I they, believe they, you're correct about they, that one. They waited like he waited until like a Thursday night game a couple weeks into the year to start against the against Jets. the Jets. Got and that the, was their first win. Got the Browns the first win. He unlocked the Bud Light cases. That's right. right. Remember the Bud Light right. fridges for I the do Browns' first that. win? Yes. So, yeah, maybe that's where that number's getting a little So, his there. only two wins against uh, in the regular season, granted, because we know he beat the Steelers in the playoffs last year. Against the Steelers in the regular season, though, have come with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. And with not that impressive numbers. No. Uh, against so that's, the Steelers. That's, that's the point I'm trying to make is the fact that. His numbers aren't impressive, but that just goes to show the quarterback he was up against equally average to below average. If you're going up against future Hall of Famer Ben Roethlisberger, Ben's most likely going to be able to outduel Baker. Did the Browns make a mistake by letting Odell go? Yes, 100%. I go back and forth with that one. Because it I wasn't think you, working there, though. So it like, wasn't working there, sure. But 
you should be able to make a guy like Odell Beckham work into your offense. Kind of like how you made the argument in a previous episode we just talked about with Matt Canada saying, listen, Ben, I know my playbook doesn't really add up to your playbook, so just do whatever you want to do, and we'll consult here and there on certain big game scenarios to make sure that we're doing the absolute best thing for our team. But you go ahead, take the reins. Why didn't the Browns just say, listen, Odell, it seems that our play calling isn't matching up with your style. So let's try to work something out here where let's let's discuss what worked best for you in New York with Eli Manning throwing the ball. You want to do this play, this play, that play? Fine. We'll run it to you. We just won't have that be our play call every single time you're on the field. Is that okay as long as you're getting these plays? Sure, why not? Oh, Odell finishes with 80 yards and maybe a touchdown, eight receptions. I think that's the issue is that they didn't have that conversation. They just tried to force him into their thing, their program with Baker Mayfield. It didn't work. I think wasted what, talent. What I would say that the reason why I would have kept him if I were the Browns, not because you were getting anything from him on the field, really, and it just really wasn't working between him and Baker. But him being out there still is a threat that other teams have to take account for. So even if he's not New York Giants Odell Beckham or first year in Cleveland Odell Beckham he's still going to be someone that teams have to make sure they're aware of and send coverage towards which means that he will help free up guys like Jarvis Landry and guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones you got it and guys like Rashard Higgins sure and and why not get Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt more involved in the pass game as well the tight ends yeah I mean there's a lot of other options that Baker would have had if Odell was still there, he would have been able to take some attention. Not, I'm not saying all of the attention like he used to in his prime away, but still some attention. Like maybe in this game, Joe Hayden has to go out on Odell Beckham Jr. a couple times, and that leaves a very favorable matchup for Jarvis Landry in the slot, and he takes advantage of it, and he gets up the field for 15 yards. You don't have that anymore when you're the Browns. You don't have that guy that can be that magnet for coverage. And that's where I think they really oversighted what they would miss without him. Uh, I think it was easy for them to be like, well, he's not really doing anything for us. What's the point of even keeping him on this team? He, he's having his dad tweet out videos about Baker Mayfield. And, you know, he's he's ruining our, our locker room right now. Let's just ship him out. It won't be that big of a loss because what's he really producing on the field anyway? I think that was incredibly narrow-minded because even though he wasn't producing numbers-wise, he was still taking attention away and still helping your other receivers get open. And now with him gone, I mean, they're having a lot more trouble getting open. Their passing game has been abysmal. I mean, they give up. They, they have about 200 yards per game through the air. I mean, that's awful. The Steelers pass for more than that per game through the air, and the Steelers' passing game has been a nightmare this season. So... But you know what the Steelers have? They have a guy in Deontay Johnson. And they have a guy in Chase Claypool that takes some coverages away from the other one. They, There's I think no collectively... Fear, like, Jarvis Landry's good, but, but I don't fear him at all. He's not a game I don't fear him at all. I think there was a lot of upside to him when he first arrived in Cleveland. But since then, he's just been a grave disappointment. He is. He just got his first touchdown on the year a week ago. And Odell you're, can't you're, stop scoring touchdowns. You're not, a th- and that was without Odell. Yeah, think about it. Like I get, I get the argument you can make. Well, he's not scoring because Odell's not there to take coverage away. Well, he wasn't scoring with Odell, and he's barely scoring without Odell. So I agree with you. I don't think there's any threat on that offense aside from the running backs. 
408 yards of total offense against the Packers on Christmas Day. 219 of them came on the ground. Nick Chubb had 184 yards from scrimmage against the Green Bay Packers. To your point right there, the only real threat is that running back room when you're looking at the Cleveland Browns on offense. And that's why I look at the matchup, if I'm Stefanski, and I say, I need to run the ball against anybody, but when I'm playing against a team that's decent against the run, I need to start mixing it up. Maybe I will pass the ball to start the game. Maybe I will keep them on their toes. You got to keep it simple, stupid against the Steelers. Uh, Second worst rush defense. Because guess the NFL. what? They're going to keep it simple for you. They're just going to let you, if you run, they're going to let you run. And Matt Williamson brought up this point on the advanced scout we did, you know, for this week against the Browns. The Steelers did a really good job against Nick Chubb at the beginning of the year in Halloween. Steelers' run defense was a little bit better than it is right now back then. Mm-hmm. And think about the big name guys that the Steelers have gone up against this year Joe Mixon torched them. Dalvin Cook gassed them. They've had trouble with feature running backs this season. Nick Chubb didn't get him the first time. I'd be likely to bet that he'd get him the second time because Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon are really good running backs. If I put all three of those in a room, like if this was Pokemon and I was choosing my starting Pokemon and it was Chubb, Cook, and Mixon, I'm picking Chubb every time. I think he's the second best back when healthy behind Derrick Henry in the NFL. Yeah, that's... That's fair. I mean, maybe this year, Jonathan Taylor. Good point. Good shout. But Nick Chubb... He's right there with all three of them. Nick Chubb has missed a handful of games this year, and he's still third in the third in the National Football League in rushing yards. Is Derrick Henry still like sixth or something like that? Derrick... Well, you know who just passed him? He's been sitting at Najee. five. Najee hey. Harris just passed him. Najee's going to get 1,000 yards this year, huh? On the ground, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. He's at 984. That's pretty impressive considering he's averaging below four per carry. <laughs> that's not his fault. No, it's not. Uh, I'm saying the fact that he's going to grind out in a 1,000-yard performance in his rookie year. I don't know how many yards he has through the air. Uh, oh, he's definitely over a 1,000 right now total. Yes. No, he broke that a while ago. Or maybe he broke that this season uh, or this past week. He is 422 on the ground. So it's not outlandish to say he could be 1,500. Which is what we said at the beginning of the Which year. Which is what we said. You know, that's Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey's bread and butter. Nacho Harris could be the next— Next big guy to do that year after year, and it's very likely he gets that done. I think he will get that done. But it's done. pretty pathetic. Yeah, he's averaging 3.7 yards per carry. But pretty impressive that he's going to be in a 1,000-yard rusher. Another thing I saw, hopefully this doesn't stand, is Najee Harris's longest rush yard or rush attempt this season. It's been for 23 yards. You know who is the highest rush on the season? James Conner. You're never going to guess. James Conner. On on this team right now. Oh, this on season. this team this season. Yes. Okay. First of all, there are guys breaking out. I know for like who it 75. is. I know who it is. Do you know? It's Mason Rudolph. It is Mason yeah, Rudolph. I remember that against the Detroit Lions. I remember yeah. that run. Mason Rudolph can scoot. He had a little scoot against the Kansas City Chiefs too. He can. But getting back to the original point, Nick Chubb. Fair to say, he's a top three. When healthy, he's a top three running back. Yeah, exactly. And I think he's healthy right now. He which is. Which will make him a top three running and back. And like I mentioned earlier, when you went up against him for the first time this year. He was compl- It was a one-man show, right? There was no Nick Chubb to compliment him, and he was dealing with injuries slash the beginning stages of COVID. I think he went on the COVID. He had just cleared COVID protocols. He hadn't tested positive yet, but he was cleared to play, something like that. So he wasn't getting the full week's worth of practice leading up to that game. So 
Now he's cleared COVID. It's in his past. He has his best friend, Nick Chubb, alongside of him. He's not dealing with anything keeping him from practice facilities. He's good to go. It could be a bad day for the Steelers' run defense against Nick Chubb. I agree. I would take the over on Nick Chubb's prop. I said that last time when they played, and I was wrong. But I think I'm going to break even this time on it. I also don't think the Steelers' rush defense was nearly as— It wasn't, because the next week— was the week where it really started to break. Where it really started to, to fall uh, into the depths of just despair. Think about think about who they've played since. I mean, it's ridiculous because of how good Nick Chubb was, is, and the fact that it was in Cleveland should have added to it too, but uh, the Bears, they did a good job of containing David Montgomery for the most part, Justin Fields as well. The Lions at home, you let Iguabuque, you let DeAndre Swift, and you let... Jamar Jefferson run all over you. Uh, Austin Eckler had, what, four touchdowns against you in that Sunday night game? Joe Mixon ran all over you against Cincinnati. Uh, They did a decent enough job against Lamar Jackson, uh, and whoever was available, was it Latavis Murray who was starting at that point for the Ravens? But then we know what Dalvin Cook did against them in the first half. No Derrick Henry for the Titans. And then even so, yes, you did a good job against the Chiefs continuing their run offense, but they're not a run-first team. So... It's not. It's not a great job. It's. I, I can't say job well done because you still lost the game thirty six to ten, and it could have been worse if a Travis Kelsey played and b Clyde Edwards Hilaire doesn't go down in the first quarter. Now, if you look at the Browns' defense, what do they have to fear of the Steelers' offense in this game? They're eighth against the pass. They're tenth against the run. So, either way, I don't really think you're going to do much against us because you're pretty. Below the line on both of those categories if you're the Steelers. Uh, Like I said, they do give up 21.9 points per game. Uh, A lot of that is from earlier in the year. They give up a lot of home run plays. And, of course, there's that game against the Chargers where they gave up 47 points that definitely helps skew that in the higher direction. But if I'm the Browns' defense, I don't fear the Steelers' offense at all. At all. And, in fact, if I'm the Steelers, I look at this and say, this is another game where you have to win it 15-10, to just like the last one. It's got to be ugly. And you got to make every single touchdown you get count because they're going to be few and far between. And the times you're even in the red zone with a chance to score are probably going to be few and far between in this game. So the Steelers are going to win this one. I think it's going to have to be exactly like it was on Halloween. Just a really ugly, boring game to watch unless you're a Steelers fan. I agree. (sighs) National people are going to hate watching this if it ends up on their TVs because it's just going to be gross punt after punt field position battle, three and outs. That's the way I think the Steelers need to win this football game because it's, I just don't trust them to move the ball much on the Browns' defense. No, not at all. I Both of these offenses, really, I mean, aside from Nick Chubb's That's the X factor. Dominance, yeah. I think because the Steelers cannot, I mean, as great of a player as Deontay Johnson is and as great of a player, as much talent as Chase Claypool has and as much talent as Najee Harris has, it's just not on display. It's not it's not being utilized to their full potential, right? This offense could be one of the best offenses in the National Football League when you think about it. You have a Hall of Fame quarterback. You have a running back who can get you 1,000 yards on the ground, 500 yards through the air. You have two very good receivers who have strengths in dis- different aspects of, on the game, and you have a really good tight end. This should be on paper one of the best offenses in the National Football League. However, every battle starts on the uh, on the line, 
right? And this offensive line is truly, it's worse than what we thought. It was, we had bad, we had low expectations and it's playing wor- far worse than what we, we thought it would do. And that's why this offense is so, so weak. I think, I think on paper, you cannot make the argument that against saying this should be on paper, one of the best offenses in football, but it just simply isn't. Speaking of offensive linemen, Dan Moore Jr.'s got another another round between him and Miles Garrett up. Last time they played, people tried to make it so that Dan Moore really did well against. Do you remember that? Like people were like, "Wow, he did a great right. job against Miles." But Garrett. don't forget that if Najee Harris wasn't there as an extra exactly. protector, that Farmer touchdown never happens. Never happens. Um, there was a lot of times too where Garrett just came in completely clean, but Ben was already on the move or the ball was already out. Um, he played well enough against Miles Garrett, I think is the way to put it. He still got beat a lot. I mean, almost every single pass rush was won by Miles Garrett. The Steelers just did a good job of avoiding Miles Garrett. I think it's the same same thing you got to do here because you can put Gentry over there, you can double team, triple team Miles Garrett all you want. He'll break the game if you let him break the game. So I would move Ben out away from him. Move the ball out of Ben's hands as fast as he usually does, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, that won't be a problem. Ben doesn't like to hold on to the ball anymore. And send Najee on chips. Make Garrett's life as hard as possible because he's going to make your life miserable if you don't. And if you think that Dan Moore can just be out there on an island nine times out of ten and win, you are sorely mistaken. Absolutely. Miles Garrett has also had a couple of games now where he's kind of slowed down a bit. He still is sitting at 15 sacks, so... You can't be telling me that he's looking at, A, his division rival, the Steelers, who beat him already this year, and B, Dan Moore, who he has experience going up against earlier this year, in his mind thinking, oh boy, I'm going to have a two-sack game here. I'm going to get back into this league, this uh, race for the league lead in sacks in this game against the Steelers. So I think Garrett's looking his chops, and I think what the Steelers do with Garrett is going to be a huge key as to having any success on offense. Completely agree, Tom. This is a guy who's in the running for Defensive Player of the Year right now, and I hope he doesn't win it though. I no, I say he's in the running. I don't, I'm not saying he's the odds-on favorite. I think right now T.J. Watt is the odds-on favorite. I think he is too. If it's not Micah Parsons, that's the I, one think I think Micah I, Parsons. I think I might give it to Parsons because of his health. I think Micah Parsons. It's become it. It went from a three-man race to a two-man race. It's really just between T.J. and Micah, not Mike, Diggs. No, not Diggs. Diggs has eleven interceptions, but have you seen his numbers? Like no, he, he allows a lot of almost a thousand yards. He's plays. allowed yeah. almost a thousand yards receiving this year. It's it's because he gets the interceptions because he's they throw so, to him all the time. He's so inconsistent. He can just he's very good at intercepting the ball, and, and they throw to him all right. the time because he's not. They, a they're good not afraid of him. No. Right, he's not good. But my original point was that if there's no star on Micah Parsons' helmet, I think it's a one man. Like reason. if he's a jaguar. Not even a Jaguar, but like Minnesota, Chicago just even. doesn't have that. Flair. Chicago, who's a big franchise, but or I see, like, I see in a big saying. city, it it's, would be it's just Dallas. The narrative would be, oh, he's an amazing rookie, but rookies don't win Defensive Player of the Year. But now that he's a Cowboy, as well, this he's rookie's getting, gonna win Defensive Player. Who of the year. isn't talking about the Dallas Cowboys at any given moment throughout the entire I year? I can't wait until they lose in the first round. I can't wait until they go down in the first round. Do you think they lose in the first round? No, they'll really, probably win a game really quickly. It stands but now. I hate the Cowboys. Up, come on! Like you're acting like a Steelers. This, is, here, this is like the biggest Cowboys fan show of all time. The standard here is right to now. Hate the they'd Cowboys. be playing the Eagles. 
It's, it's they're gonna face either the Eagles uh, or the Niners. I like both those matchups. Really? Yeah, wow. I do. I do. Although Jimmy G's out now, so we'll see. A little tear in his thumb. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance time? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, I think TJ Watt still is the odds-on favorite for Defensive Player of the Year. But Miles Garrett's in that class. No, exactly. Sorry to to get so no, off topic good. there, but no, I, I think a second time up against Dan Moore is not going to go to Dan Moore's him, favor, yeah. right? It's not going to be like, oh well, this guy beat me the first time. Shoot, I'm not going to be able to beat him a second time. Absolutely not. I bet you Miles Garrett has been waiting ever since that Halloween weekend game to say. Oh, I'm gonna tear this kid up now. This kid thinks he's he's hot stuff just because he beat me one time. I still got to Ben. I still was applying quarterback pressure. I still sacked him. I think he sacked him on the first drive or the first Steelers offensive drive. And I bet you it's it's that one play against Najee where he got double teamed where he's been saying, I should have gotten to Ben. I should have I should have made my case. That should have been when I win defensive player at the end of the year. That's the play they show that I sacked Ben on fourth down. To win that game for my team, and I didn't get to do it. I'm gonna do it again. This I'm gonna I'm gonna get the chance to do it this Sunday. Nick Chubb and Miles Garrett, those are the two yep. guys you got to worry about the most. Absolutely, in this game on Monday night, if you're the Steelers, that'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. For Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Opferman, and we'll talk to you next time.